Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. It's uh, If you're like me, and I know I am, I'm here to learn today. I, like every time I come to work, I want to grow in my faith. I want to learn. I want to learn from God's Word, and then I want to learn how to apply it in my life. So I think we're all on the same page. I think you and I are both wanting the same thing. Have a great show. Uh, Fuad Masri is going to be joining me in just a minute. He's already on our Skype line. He's with the Crescent Project. He uh, was born and raised in the war zone of Beirut, Lebanon and is a third-generation ordained pastor and loves sharing uh, Christ with Muslims. He's been reaching out to the Muslim community and really inspiring others to do so uh, since uh, about 1979. So if you have questions about how to connect with your Muslim neighbors or coworkers or friends, or maybe you've got a question about uh, what, what they believe and uh, how you can best reach them, you know now is the time to text me a question because when I bring Fuad on, after a while, we're going to open up the, the lines and let you answer, ask the questions and let him answer. So 877-933-2484, you know that number. I'll say it again a little slower, 877-933-2484. Let me take 60 seconds and bring on Fuad. We all love getting something for free. Here's something that's free that you can really use. It's the free Faith Radio app. You can use the app to listen to the live stream, access program podcasts, and stay informed with all the latest contests and events today. All you have to do is download the free Faith Radio app in iTunes or Google Play. Just search for Faith Radio, download the app, and enjoy Faith Radio wherever you go. Download the free Faith Radio app and start listening today. Today, how is your spiritual heart rate? Maybe you'd like to describe it as racing, so busy with activities that you're exhausted. Or maybe you've pushed God away for so long, you're having trouble finding a pulse. As you listen to Faith Radio, you can sit with God, infusing your life with the truth of His Word, finding rest, finding hope, finding health. Connecting faith to life, Faith Radio. Welcome to the show. Fuad Masri is my guest. He's been on many times, and every time he comes on, he gets a big gold star, so he must have many gold stars on his punch card. Fuad, welcome back. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, nice to <laughs> hear you. Thanks for this beautiful introduction. Yeah. Fuad, what's your, what's your middle name? Adil means just, uh, because my grandfather got saved in Ohio. Uh, when he moved back to Lebanon, my grandfather called his first son Amin, means faithful, his second son, Adil, means just because of the verse in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful, Amin, and just, Adil, <laughs> to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They would ask him, Pastor Masri, why do you call your boys these names? He said, every time I call my children, I remember that my sins are forgiven. No, oh, that's fantastic. What a beautiful, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. What's in a name, you know? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that is a name. yeah. 
I'm just taking a long shot asking you what your middle name is. I didn't know I'd get this wonderful story out of it. No, we praise God. I mean, that's the message we bring to all people. It doesn't matter if they're American or African or Arabs and Muslims or Hindus. The same message that our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ, and he gives us eternal life, all of them, because of his grace. Yeah. How is your year going so far? How's your energy? How's your health? How's all those? Well, we praise the Lord. Uh, we moved our headquarters to Nashville, Tennessee, and we're seeing huge traction behind us from churches. And um, our, our praise the Lord, we are having our presence about 63 countries. Wow. Now uh, We really have a new initiative that's uh, really helping Muslims not only hear the gospel, but um, uh, creating a safety for them and creating a discipleship uh, process. We're calling it Growing in Grace. Because we would like to see someone not only become a believer in Christ, but grow so they can disciple others and impact others. So that's one of the things we're doing for 2020. I appreciate uh, your prayer and the listener's prayer for God to, as we say in, uh, in the Bible, there's, it says the floodgates, let pray for the floodgates to open. So we're praying for more people to come to faith in Christ, especially in this day and age where Muslims are very curious, very interested in knowing more about the teachings of Jesus. Yeah, I just, I love what you're doing, Fuad. It's so inspiring. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. So I know there's going to be uh, listener questions coming in, but I would like to, just because I like um, getting from a perspective like yours, um, you know, an introduction, a reminder as to who Jesus is in Islam. Yeah, thank you. But since Islam was founded after the Christian faith, it started by a man called Muhammad, um, according to what they tell us, that he was born in 570 AD and died by 630 AD. Um, we don't know much history outside the Islamic referral to us, but according to Muhammad or in the Muslim history, that Muhammad came in the same line like the prophets. He was teaching one God and that uh, Jesus was a messenger from God, Mm -hmm. Moses was a messenger, you know. So many of the prophets of the Old Testament are mentioned uh, in the Qur'an by name. Even the virgin birth is mentioned in the Qur'an. So according to Islam, Jesus was a man born of the Virgin Mary, hidden down on the cross. Uh, God took him to heaven with his own body, flesh, and he's coming back. Uh, for judgment, and basically in their eschatology, in their end times, uh, Jesus will prepare the way for the Mahdi, or the final imam. Uh, some would say that's Muhammad, some would say no, someone else, or someone else coming to prepare the way. But like us, there is a catastrophe, uh, as I say, an end of the world uh, through war. Uh, the ironic part is this, the Jesus of Islam is someone who will come and break the crosses, destroy the churches, uh, because supposedly the Christians are wrong. So the Jesus of the Qur'an is different than the Jesus of the Bible. However, there are bridges from the Qur'an, because the Qur'an says that Jesus is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So, well, that's great. That's a good bridge uh, to say, well, if Jesus is the Word of God, then he's equal with God. Um, So some of the things in the Qur'an we can use as bridges to Scripture but uh, the Jesus of the uh, Quran is very different uh, than the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, with the coming of Islam, at the death of Muhammad, 
there was a conflict who will succeed succeed him as the leader. And that's where we get the word Khalif or Caliph uh, in English. But it's Khalifat al-Rasul. Um, Khalifat al-Rasul means the successor of the messenger. And that created divisions in, uh, in Islam. Let's say from the first battle that happened about 650, six, uh, around 650 AD. So since then, there, uh, there's a fight over who controls Islam. So when you look at the Muslim world, it's basically a political system with a veneer of religious. So whether you're looking at Iran or Pakistan or or Turkey, or the, if you look historically on the Ottoman Empire, or the Mamluks, or the Abbasids, they were all had a veneer of religion, mm-hmm. but it was all political structure. Fulad, are there some uh, additional miracles in the Quran that are just we we don't hear about because we study scripture? So, I mean, wasn't there some miracle about Jesus as a baby speaking, uh, or did I just hear that? No, no, they mentioned... They mentioned miracles, which is uh, part of the problem today in Islam is Muhammad had no miracles. Mm. So if he was a messenger from God, how come he had no miracles? So they would say, well, his miracle is the Quran. The, the Quran is the best Arabic literature. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if, if poetry and liter- literature is the sign of a prophet, then anyone who's good in writing, like Shakespeare could be considered a prophet. So uh-huh. one of the struggles today in Islam is how do you say that Muhammad is a prophet when there was no miracles to back him while Moses had miracles, uh, you know, uh, Elijah had miracles, uh, Christ had miracles, and Christ's miracles are mentioned that he raised the dead. Okay, well, that's pretty, you know, that's a great miracle for someone to just be a human, just a human. Uh, he raised the, the, he healed the lepers. He made the uh, the blind see. Well, that cannot be done by a mere human. Even uh, it says that he made clay birds, blew in them, and they became real birds. Yeah, well, and that was, that, a, a, that was from the cradle, wasn't it? Uh, well, he spoke in the cradle. That was when he was, it says when, uh, uh, the Quran says, remember when Jesus did that. Okay. But the, the, the struggle for me with that miracle is according to the Quran, God made Adam from clay and breathed on him, mm-hmm. and he made him life. So are we saying that Jesus created the birds? Well, if Jesus created, that's, you know, that he's no longer just a man. As you're giving, so one of the struggles in, in Jesus in the Quran is cannot be defined. Uh, and uh, if you just say he's a man, he's just a man, that's not true because regular men cannot raise people from the dead. And uh, the funny part is they would say, uh, oh, it was, he did that by permission uh, by God. Okay, he was given the permission by God. However, he didn't do it by the power of God. He did it by his own power. So that adds more to the conflict in the, in the, uh, in the mind of Muslims. That's why today, more than ever, we're seeing Muslims are curious. They want to know who Jesus is. I mean, we talk to people and say, can you tell me what did Jesus bring that's different, or why did Jesus uh, say this uh, when they see the man uh, born blind? The disciples ask Jesus, "Who sinned, this man or his parents?" Well, that's a huge question in Islam, and mm-hmm. Jesus answers, "Neither." It's for the glory of God, uh, and it's just amazing. 
uh, it's a theological text. I wish we had the time to just go into all the ramification of understanding God's will and God's plan. But uh, uh, these questions are asked. I mean, I was in a Bible study with an, with an uh, Iraqi where we were studying the healing of the paralyzed man. And Jesus looks at the paralyzed man, and the first thing our Savior says, the first thing, he says, your sins are forgiven. Well, that is a huge statement for just a man, for mm-hmm. just a prophet. And uh, I remember Abdullah from Iraq. I said, Abdullah, can a prophet forgive sins? He goes, no, only God can. And I said, well, Jesus forgave sins. And Abdullah says to me, well, I've been reading the Bible for three months. I believe Jesus is a different than any other prophet. So the beautiful thing in, the, in that uh, discussion is you see that Muslims ask questions that no one wants to answer when it comes to the biblical faith. It answers the deepest questions of their heart. Does mm-hmm. God exist? Does God love me? Does God is God fair? You know, one of the struggles today in Islam: How can God love one country more than another? How can you say that? You know, the Saudi government is better than the Iranian government, or vice versa. You know, they're they're saying, uh, you know. Uh, the Iranians say no. The regime they have is the correct one, and the and the Wahhabis say no. The Wahhabism is the best one, and then the Muslim Brotherhood says no. We're the best one. Well, how can how can that be? How can you create such a system? So Muslims are asking questions. Uh, the biggest struggle for us as a ministry is many times Christians who have Muslim friends either don't reach out, or if the Muslim reaches out, they don't know what to do. And many times uh, the conversation starts, but our Christian brothers and sisters, they never move the conversation to share the good news, uh, partly because they don't know, or partly they may be afraid of offending or afraid they might, you know, not say the right thing. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to challenge the church to rally with us to say, no, let's welcome Muslims. We don't have to agree with them. You can still love someone and not have to agree with them. If yeah. you have children, you understand what I'm talking about. You can love your children, <laughs> but yeah. not agree with them. Yeah. So your Muslim neighbor, classmate, co-worker, immigrant, whoever you meet, you can still show them the love of Christ. You can still share with them the good news, yeah. even if we disagree with them. I, Ford, I feel like we're just, you and I are sitting at a table having coffee, but I still got this radio thing going where I have to take a <laughs> short break. Uh, Fuad Masri is my guest, so we'll be right back. And if you have a question for him regarding... Uh, connecting with uh, a Muslim or if you've got someone in your your life that you want to share the love of Christ with and they're from a um, background, a Muslim background, you can ask the question, 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back. to the show. Fuad Masri is my guest, and he is uh, coming to us from Nashville, but he is originally from Beirut, Lebanon. He's a third-generation pastor, loves uh, sharing the love of Jesus with uh, his Muslim brothers and sisters. We can learn a lot from Fuad, so uh, make sure you ask your questions. Get him out there. I'll ask on your behalf. Send me a text to 877-933-2484. If you have any questions about uh, Islam or how to share your faith, let us know. So, uh, Fuad, um, I was thinking about 
Mary, the mother of Jesus, is pretty uh, important in the Quran, isn't she? Or in the Muslim you know, faith? That's a, that's a good point, because she's mentioned by name. Uh-huh. And the, the good thing about how God works is that uh, the story of Mary shows that uh, Christ is unique in all the prophets, you know, which is none of the prophets, including Muhammad, had, was not born of a virgin. So that's the power that God building a bridge for us in the Quran. He never leaves himself without a witness. Uh, the other thing that um, is good about the story of Mary is when they want to study more about Mary, you can take them to Luke. Mm-hmm. You can take them to Scripture, but the Gospel of Luke is very powerful because it, it must have somehow that the doctor, Luke, must have interviewed Mary because there's a lot of intimate stories, stories that really only the mom would know about her child. So from the visit of the the shepherds, from the, you know, the, these um, stories, I think, will help show the, more the character of Mary and how we can see Christ as different than any other person. The last thing I think uh, uh, that Mary can be a great example and also a someone who points to the Savior is that at the crucifixion, you could see that Mary never defended Jesus. It seems that she knew that he was born for this. You know, if you think about it, the heart of a mother would defend her child, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, what would what would be um, uh, funny or ironic or uh, normal, it's normal for a mom to defend her son and say whatever it takes to release her son from death, you know? It, it, she would do she would do extra measures. Maybe she would lie for her for the son, or she would do whatever to save the son. But when you look at Mary's life, you found that never happens. In, in a sense, she knew in her heart that he was born for this, uh, and that's a powerful testimony mm-hmm. for us. So if you're talking to a Muslim, he says, "Oh, we love Mary." Well, let's talk about Mary. Let's look about Mary and Luke. Let's look about Mary in the New Testament, how she was with the disciples, how John the Beloved, she became his mother. Why? Well, you know, uh, and then why did she stand at the cross and not even say anything? She didn't say, oh, for you know, forget my son. He's wrong. He's not the king of the Jews. He's not the Messiah. He's not. Instead, she stood there and sure, she was in pain. She was devastated, but she knew he was the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love this, uh, because when you look at the New Testament, you can see how slowly people knew who Christ is. From from when he entered the temple, and uh, uh, the, the, the brother, the, the, the devout uh, priest who held them and said, now I see your salvation, and um, uh, the lady praying, Hannah. So you can see that uh, oh, and Elizabeth coming to Mary and saying, hey, uh, your child is going to be called by God. So it's it's beautiful that uh, to see that. Now, with the Quran, the biggest issue, the reason when I share, I share, this is the history they tell us. Uh, the problem today, historically, we have no manuscripts of the Quran. The oldest copy of the whole Quran together, the one we read today, the one we read today, the old copy of that book together, is from 1924. 
any manuscripts before 1924 does not have all 114 chapters that we read today. So that's creating another problem among scholars is where are these chapters coming from? Mm -hmm. So, for example, they point to manuscripts in um, the Topkapi Palace and in uh, Uzbekistan. Well, these copies are maybe 800, maybe 8th century, maybe 9th century, which, you know, we're still investigating those. On top of that, they don't have 114 chapters. Uh, they might have 70 chapters. One has 43 chapters. So the biggest crisis today in Islam, if I'm reading a book sent by God, why I can't find any of these 114 chapters before 1924? You know, while when you come to New Testament, we have thousands of manuscripts um, from 350 on. Mm -hmm. And between 350 and 100, we have at least 58 to 5,900 uh, manuscripts. So it's not like we're sitting on one copy of Matthew. We have all these copies. And uh, uh, the the variation between them is so minute. It's Maybe it's a, a one word that was missing here or a couple words here or, or a, a grammatical change. But there's no Matthew that does not have the story of the cross. Mm-hmm. There's no book of Matthew that doesn't have the miracles. So uh, this is one of the struggle among educated Muslims today is they're trying to look at the Quran like the Bible, but historically it's very problematic. And and, and internal evidence is a problem. For example, it, uh, it makes a mistake in the story of Esther. It says that Haman worked for for the Pharaoh of Egypt. Well, that's not true. That's pretty off. I mean, that's a bad mistake. Or or it says that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is the sister of Moses and Aaron. Well, that's another mistake. That's a pretty, uh, uh, you know, glaring mistake. So that's one of the struggles with the Quran. Historical issues, manuscript issues. Sometimes it refers to people that we, we really cannot find. We just, you know, it refers to people who don't know who are these people. It's not, you know, can't find them. Well, in the Bible, it says the Romans, the Greeks, the, the Persians, the Babylonians. Uh, you know, there is a, you know, it says Jesus was born, you know, uh, uh, and under Herod. Okay, so we know there was a king called Herod, and, and history shows. I mean, we have manuscripts and artifacts about King Herod. All right, so I want to— That's one of the struggles of the Quran. Yeah, uh, this is very interesting, Fuad. I'm going to also let listeners know, because we have some questions coming in. If you have a question for Fuad, let, let me know. Send me a text, 877-933-2484. Uh, I've got a, a listener that just uh, wants to know about sharing the best way to start a conversation with someone who's getting deeper in the Muslim faith. How do I share Christ and show Christianity is the only way to life? Fuad, I'm going to cue that question up, give you three minutes to think about it, and we'll be right back. Fuad Masri is my guest founder of the Crescent Project. We'll take a short break and be back.
So nice to have Fuad Masri on the show. To be back once again, you can go to crescentproject.org. C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T project.org. Crescentproject.org. Uh, so Fuad, a listener uh, wanted to know, and I set up the question before I went to break, but I'll give it to you again if you have already forgotten it. What is the best way to start a conversation with someone who is getting deeper into the Muslim faith? How do I share Christ and show Christianity is the only way to life? Yeah, that's it's a very good good question. Um, I wrote a book called Connecting with Muslims, and it will change your life and your approach to reaching Muslims. It's a good book, Connecting with Muslims, uh, published by University Press. It's also available as an ebook. So I, I would recommend people read that. But what I want to do is focus specifically on that conversation. That's a good book. gives you uh, tools and mm-hmm. ways to begin a conversation with a Muslim. With this situation today, first thing you want to address, if there is a friendship, ask them why they're interested in Islam. Why? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it sounds exotic or I don't know. Somebody told me, you know, Islam is is for the African-American community, while Christianity is the white man's religion. Well, that's not true, because Jesus was not from Germany or Sweden. <laughs> so, you know, find out what is the interest. Or somebody mm-hmm. might think, oh, you know, uh, Islam is a peaceful religion. And, and I usually say, okay, what do you mean by that? Does that mean that they're peaceful to each other? Does that mean, mean they're peaceful to the minority? What when you know? So ask that question. Why are you interested in Islam? And that's fine. I mean, uh, we as believers, we love to study different religions. I myself studied different religions before I decided to follow Christ. So we want them to study. That's no problem. But first, let's find out why they're interested. The second question that has to be dovetailed with this is: How do people get saved in Islam? The reason that's important question is our Messiah came, the angel said, we bring you good news, a Savior has been born. When they asked Christ to judge the people of Samaria, he said that the Son of Man did not come to uh, judge, but he has come to uh, seek and save the lost. He came to redeem. So the central message of the Bible is the salvation of the human race. Uh, sure, there are teachings and principles and guidelines for the human race, but the Bible is not a political book, although it changes politics. The Bible is not a society and a social book, although it impacts society. The Bible at its core is a spiritual book. It's how do people get saved from sin? So we need to answer that question. Now, depending on the person, if he's dabbling in Islam as a Sufi, that's one uh, con- conclusion that he will bring up, with, meaning that ecstasy with God is the hope for humanity and being saved. If he's coming from a, a Muslim brotherhood or Wahhabi, it's the things what we call the, you have to follow the teachings of Muhammad to the letter to be saved. So find out what is that. And you can, once he answers or she answers, then you can take him to Christ who says, Anyone who commits sin is a slave for sin, but if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. So first, find out what is the interest in Islam. You can address those. Second is, uh, how do people get saved in Islam? It is a works-based salvation, and uh, we can address that through Scripture. 
The third thing is ask them if they've read the Quran as a whole, because sometimes people read verses in the Quran in English that we have is not an exact translation. Um, sometimes they don't put some of the words in Arabic into English. The best one is the penguin translation, which is out of print now, but the use of Ali is common. Uh, but you could read chapter 9, verse 29, and chapter 9, verse 111 of the Quran, and ask them, if God loves all people, why it's okay for Muslims to kill non-Muslims? Why not invite them? Why not in encourage them to become Muslim? Why in chapter 9, 29 even says that a Muslim can kill a Christian or a Jewish person until we pay them tax? So a good question would be, why would the Quran say that Muslims are better than others? And the point is why I'm paying tax to a Muslim. I mean, I asked that to a friend of mine, uh, you know, Khalid, and I said, Khalid, why do I need to pay you tax as a Christian just because you're a Muslim? I mean, on what basis? He goes, well, if you don't want to pay the tax and convert to Islam, I said, then I'm converting, not because I care for the faith, I'm converting so I don't have to pay. And, uh, uh, so that led to another discussion. Um, he's still uh, uh, not interested to make the decision, but I think Khalid will come to faith at some point. And then the last one, the last point, ask them to compare the life of Muhammad to the life of Jesus. And ask them, which, which one would you like to follow to the day you die? Because Islam at its core is the teachings of Muhammad, and you have to say a shahada, but really a shahada, uh, the testimony is not one. You have to make two statements, no God but one, Allah, and Muhammad, his messenger. That's how you become a Muslim. So you must accept that Muhammad is the messenger, or else you cannot be a Muslim. Mm -hmm. So these, these four uh, questions will lead you to the core of the conversation. Instead of just saying, you know, oh, Islam is wrong and Christianity is right. No, ask them, you know, why you're interested. What do you see in Islam that you think is valuable enough to study? Uh, because it seems that they maybe want to be converting. And then how do people get saved? Which is a very important question. And you can compare it to the scripture. And then ask the question on nine, chapter 9, verse 29, on how can God allow one religion be given permission to kill others, to kill everyone else. I, mean, I understand he might say, you know, we are the right religion. That's fine. That's fair. But to ask them to kill others, why would God allow that? And then lastly, comparing the life of Muhammad with the life of Jesus. I'm getting on another gold star for that answer. That's a great answer. Thank you, brother. So, God is good. yeah, um, maybe you would tell the difference between sharing Christ with a Muslim who's a, a more recent convert uh, versus someone who has grew up in the, in, in the, in the Muslim faith. And it's just part yeah. of who they are. Because, you know, you talk to people that say, well, they're a Christian. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, but are you really a Christian? Yes, that's very good. Because many times um, today in our society, uh, to be a Christian doesn't cost you anything. If you're in Iran, it can cost you a life. <laughs> yeah. If you're in Saudi Arabia, you can cost you a life. Mm -hmm. So uh, many times people in America, they, their decision to follow Christ is very uh, not, not challenged. On top of that, sometimes people are born in a Christian home, and maybe they, they 
learn about Christ, and but Jesus still their Sunday school when they were two, four, five. You know, you find these people were their faith is not deep enough. They don't know scripture. They never read the Bible. Uh, if they had made the decision, so that's one of the issues today that we deal as a as a ministry. We deal with a lot of women who are dating Muslim men. And they would say, oh, I'm a Christian dating a Muslim. And we discover many times that, you know, the Christian here is more like a cultural statement. Mm -hmm. You know, I was born in Texas. I was born, in, you know, somewhere. And so uh, we wrote an article called Considering Marrying a Muslim Man. Uh, another one on um, uh, dating a Muslim man. There's also some some material on our website, ChristianProject.org, to help women ask the right questions when they're seeing a Muslim man. If if that person who says, I'm a new convert to Islam and I was Christian, whatever, uh, that's always good to ask them, so why did you choose Islam? Um, and find out, you know, maybe they saw Islam as fair or whatever, uh, whatever answer they give. The second question would be, have you ever made a decision to follow Jesus? And find out, was there a decision that he made or she made before? Mm, yeah. So that's an important uh, question. The third question I would ask is that um, when they when they decided to follow Islam, what changes happened in their life? So uh, what, what happens, most people say, well, I, I uh, became a Muslim and I was able to fast Ramadan. Okay, well, that's great, but what changes did you see yourself more at peace? Did you feel you're sure your sins are forgiven? Did you feel you have assurance you're going to heaven? Uh, has, your, has your life changed the way you, you uh, in your character? Uh, are you overcoming um, sin and overcoming weaknesses in your life? Because that's the power that we have when you have Christ in your life, gives you power over weaknesses. So that's, that's the third thing. And then lastly, when people say to you, I became Muslim, ask them, now that you're a Muslim, will you be willing to kill the Christians in your family if jihad was declared? Because according to Islam, if jihad is declared, the Muslims should band together and kill the non-Muslims. So if jihad is declared, would that person be willing to kill the rest of their family who, quote-unquote, consider themselves Christian? Our issue in Islam is chapter 9, chapter 25, Chapter 47 on killing the non-believers. This is in Islam. That's the wow. struggle. So as a as a new convert to Islam, would he or would she be willing to be involved in that kind of jihad? This is one of the struggles that today the Muslim world is dealing with, from Morocco all the way to Afghanistan, even Indonesia. They're dealing with what we call jihadi groups. And in the West, you know, we gave them a name. We call them radical. Which kind of? What do you mean by radical? If you believe in the faith, you have to be radical. You know, mm -hmm. it's like if you're a fan, if you're a fan of a football team or a basketball team, you're a fan. You're fanatic towards that team. So, if you are a Muslim, you're a fanatic about your faith. If you're a Christian, you're fanatic about your faith. That's the whole idea. So, calling them radical and non-radical is doesn't make sense. You're either a fan or you're not a fan. So. Um, one of the struggles today, in even America, is there is recruitment for converts to Islam to join these jihadi groups. So that will be a good question. Ask the person, hey, now as a Muslim, would you be willing or would you be 
you know, if you're recruited, would you do that? Would you be willing to say, yeah, it's okay to kill people who are in my family because they're not the same faith? Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a good question to ask. So um, another listener wanted to know, and we touched on this a little bit, wouldn't Trinitarianism be a stumbling block to Muslims as opposed to the oneness view of God? Yeah, thank you. Uh, The way to answer that question, I respond to it in the book Connecting with Muslims and also in the book called Do Christians Worship Three Gods? Many times the Trinity that Muslims talk to you about is not God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's not in the Quran. The Trinity that's mentioned in the Quran is God, Mary, and Jesus. It's very important to know that when Muslims tell you you worship three gods, they're talking about God the Father, Mary the Mother, and Jesus the baby. So the mm-hmm. way we respond many times when we talk about Trinity, we, we're talking about two different things, and that's where it, it, they are not ready for it. They, when they're thinking your Trinity is God, Mary, and Jesus, and you start talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're losing them because— once you say the word the son, say, oh, yeah, you're right. So who's the mom? Mary is the mom. So you believe God had a sexual relationship with Mary, which is a, a huge insult for any Christian. To say that there was a sexual act with Mary is, a, is, is an insult. It's, a, it's crude. It's not acceptable at all in our faith because we believe in the virgin birth. We believe that Mary was pure, that God chose her to be the mother of Jesus. So it's very important when we start talking about oneness and Trinity, you got to make sure that we are using the right terminology and we're addressing the same thing. So first we establish it's not God, Mary, and Jesus. That's not the Trinity we're talking about, that the Quran was mentioning something. Who knows? Who was he talking to? We don't know. Maybe another Arab tribe. Maybe there was a group who worshipped Mary as part uh, part of God or part of deity or whatever. But the Bible is clear that we believe in God, His Word, and His Spirit. The Word of God becomes flesh. The Spirit of God is the Holy Spirit. That's why Christ, our Savior, has multiple names. He he is called the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Messiah, the bread from heaven, the water of life, the way, the truth, the life, the resurrection, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus has many titles to represent the incarnation, the word become flesh. That's the, so our quote unquote, what they call eternity, eternity is God, his word and his spirit. So in, in the books, both books, it will help you a lot, explain that we believe in one God and his word and his spirit. That's how we view God. The God's word became, become flesh. So the son and the spirit and the father are, are one. They're three persons. They're, uh, they are three persons, but they're not three gods. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that's very hard for them. So you must first explain it's not uh, God, Mary, and Jesus. So that part, the first part. The second part is to look at it from the oneness that the Scripture presents. The oneness that Scripture presents is God the Father with His Word and His Spirit. And through the life of Christ, He referred to God as the Father. Many, very few he refers to God as God. He always refers to him as the Father to stress this Trinity view or the Trinitarian view of the oneness of God. Mm -hmm. But with Muslims, you have to 
be very slow in moving one step at a time. Not discuss, you know, three in one and uh, and oneness, but rather talk about oneness of God in scripture definition and oneness of God in, in the Quranic definition. Yeah. So the word in Arabic is Tawheed, means oneness. And I always start by saying Christians have a Tawheed. We have a oneness. It's the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. All right, let me take a little break. Fuad Masri is my guest. We'll uh, be back in 90 seconds. Fuad Masri is my guest. Go to crescentproject.org to learn more about Fuad. And I've got a passage out of John 14, Fuad. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Christians know that to be the Holy Spirit. What do do, um, Muslims interpret that to be? Is there a place for the Holy Spirit in Islam? Yeah, it's very, very nice. Um, the Ruh al-Qudus, the Holy Spirit, and in Arabic, the word used holy is only used for God. So the Spirit, this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is mentioned, even it says that it was among, uh, with Jesus, with the Messiah, Yeshua, Isa. So uh, it's, it's important that many times in Islam, they heard the word Holy Spirit, but in Islam, they teach that the Holy Spirit is Gabriel. Hmm. And so it's easy for them to fall in, into this understanding that maybe the Christians believe Gabriel did something to Mary, that, which is really insulting for us. It just, I mean, <laughs> even mentioning it's so insulting to us as Christians. Yet Muslims everywhere are taught that we believe these, these stories that there was a sexual act or something happened to Mary, and which is very insulting for us because we believe in the virgin birth. And the Quran mentions the virgin birth borrowed. From the Christians. Where did he bring that? They brought it from the Christians. So it's very important that when you mention the Holy Spirit, in their mind, many times that's not very clear. It's probably the angel Gabriel. Okay. Uh, now, a Dr. Badaway, I think he was in Canada. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but he wrote a booklet, small booklet, on Muhammad in the Quran. He pulls this verse and another verse from uh, uh, Deuteronomy, where uh, uh, Moses says, I'm sending you another prophet from among your brethren. And he says that Moses was prophesying about the coming of Muhammad because Isaac and Ishmael were were brothers. So that's the prophet from the brethren. And the uh, Jesus says, I'm sending you the next comforter. So he says the comforter that was sent is Muhammad. But he makes a big mistake in this. And uh, the the response to this comment is in a book called Is Muhammad in the Bible? Um, I, I wrote that book specifically to respond to some of these points that are incorrect because although Isaac and Ishmael were brothers, when Moses was addressing the Jewish people, the 12 tribes are not the children of Isaac. They are the children of Jacob. So... Uh, it, Jake, the brethren he's talking about is the 12 tribes, and Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. He was prophesying about J- Jesus, not, not about Muhammad, because the Ishmaelites are not the brethren of the Jewish people. You know, At best, they're cousins or second cousins, but they're, 
they're not the brethren. And the second point on the paraclete, the comforter, the text is very clear. If you continue, it says the comforter will live in us forever. Where Islam teaches Muhammad is just a man. He doesn't live in anybody's heart mm -hmm. and he can't live in us. I mean, it's any, any, any teaching that Muhammad can live in someone's heart or he's, He's alive now. It's, it's, it, that's not accepted at all in Islam. In Islam, Muhammad was just a man. He brought a message. He just brought a message. And he died like everybody else. So, so uh, if this is the prophecy that the comforter is the prophet Muhammad, well, he can't live in us. So uh, many times it's just abusing the text. Many times you find certain uh, Muslim imams, religious leaders, and what they call defenders of Islam, they pull a, a verse from the Bible and they build their own idea on it just to kind of uh, make the water murky. But the text is clear that the comforter is, he lives in us. And the funny part, if you want to read the text, is it says they came to glorify Jesus. <laughs> well, <laughs> Muhammad did not come to glorify Jesus. I mean, at best he puts Jesus as, as a, someone who came to prepare the way for Muhammad. So how can he mm. be the comforter? Yeah, that's interesting. This is a Yeah, so uh, the faith would be would have started in uh, originated in Mecca, right? In Saudi, which is what we think of Saudi Arabia today. Yes. Um, and what would what would uh, Muhammad's relationship to Christianity? What would it have been at the time? Was there a, a Christian community there at the time? Yeah, one of the struggles today historically is we're not sure that Mecca was the center. That's what they tell us. Uh, historically, there's a lot of discrepancy there. But regardless, they say it was a Mecca. We know in 570 AD that, that between the 500s and 600s, the Bible was done in Arabic. The common language was Greek. The Byzantine Empire existed. You had the Persian Empire. Uh, the Byzantines were already Christian or under the Christian uh, uh, church. Um, they had their own traditions and rituals. So if he saw anything, he would see Byzantine uh, traditions. You had the Ethiopian church, the Egyptian church. Uh, we know from historical records before Islam that there were tribes, there was Jewish tribes. And they were Christian tribes. Even when you study the Hadith, the life of Muhammad, you find that he interacted with Jewish people, Christian people. His first wife, Khadija, it says that she was from a Christian background, that the first marriage was performed by her uncle, who was a minister. Uh, it says he was a you know, Christian minister. Uh, now, we don't know if they were Orthodox Christian or some other cult, but at least it was the Christian idea. Uh, it says that uh, in the battles of Muhammad, he would attack a tribe and take the women and the children, and, and he would, they would say this was a Jewish tribe or a pagan tribe or, or a Christian tribe. So um, it seems that uh, he did interact with them. But because the Bible was not put in Arabic, we're, uh, it seems that he did not have a clear understanding of the message. In the beginning... He asked the Jews and the Christians to support his message. And because he was teaching one God, I think there was sympathetic ears to his message. When he moved to Medina, 
622 AD and started raiding the caravans, declaring himself as a prophet that people need to convert to Islam. We see that the Jewish tribes and the Christian tribes did not join the message. Mm -hmm. So they were under suspicion, and then later they were attacked. Yeah. Well, I don't want to overdo it with the um, compliments and everything, but not only are you wise, but you've got this wonderful tone. Uh, when I think of you engaging with other people about the faith, I listen to the way you speak and the tone you have. It's just beautiful. Praise God, brother. This is the the spirit of Jesus. Yeah. You know, you and I have the same spirit. We are here. We love all people. We love everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter how they voted four years ago. <laughs> we love all people. Yeah, indeed. We are here about loving Muslims. They come from countries where they are suffering in multiple ways, and they need a loving touch, someone to pray with them, listen to them, and tell them that Jesus, the Savior, loves them personally, knows them by name. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, doing the show. Um, Fuad Masri has been my guest. Crescentproject.org. Crescentproject.org. Fuad, have a great rest of the day. Well, blessings, Phil. Thank, thank you, you so much. Okay, we'll take a little break. We'll come back. Uh, hour two is just ahead. We've got Ken Samples in, and we're going to talk about salvation. Be back in a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.